0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On St. Louis Cardinals, your daily podcast covering all the news and notes you need to stay up to date on your St. Louis Cardinals. My name is Jeff Jones, here today with Brendan Schaefer. Brendan, good afternoon, good evening, uh, another day with no baseball with the Cubs, weathered out in
1: Chicago. Yeah, that that didn't really turn out to be quite the series that you probably thought it would when you embarked upon the Windy City a few days ago.
0: I I did make a a basically four-day-long trip to Chicago to see one baseball game. Uh, I I was at Wrigley Field for a total of like, eh, I don't know, nine hours over the course of four days. Uh, and that was and that was my weekend this last beginning of the week. So, yeah, maybe not the most productive trip of all time. Uh did see what turned out to be a pretty entertaining game uh last night with the Cardinals picking up the 5-3 victory over the Cubs uh in a game that, you know, felt a little bit more uh intense, I guess, than than the standard regular season game does.
1: Yeah, this was uh it was good to see the Cardinals get on the Get into the win column in their first game against the Cubs this season. We we know the the numbers by now that basically the Cardinals and Cubs, you know, perform similarly uh, against other NL Central opponents last season. But the Cubs beat up on the Cardinals, and that kind of made the difference in the the division race. And, and by itself, you could figure not the Cardinals out of contention for a wild card too. So. Uh, you know, really good to see Wainwright be able to have a nice start up there. You you, you figure with the cold weather, you just didn't know exactly what you were going to get uh, in a lot of ways, but especially Wainwright, who's a guy that fans have kind of been griping on, and, and to, to an extent that kind of surprises me, uh, the, the extent to which the fan base is kind of, I don't know if giving up on Wainwright is the is the right word, but uh, certainly that's, that's two good starts in a row now for him, and, and I'd, I'd love to just see him be able to build on that and and do whatever he can to to have a successful season in 2018 if it is to be his last as a Cardinal.
0: Yeah, I I think the issue with Wainwright has a lot more to do with Jack Flaherty and a lot less to do with Adam Wainwright. I think that there are a lot of fans who see what Flaherty did in his one start. In Milwaukee this season, they see what Flaherty is doing in AAA, uh, and and they're eager for him to join the team and contribute on the same level with the Cardinals. Uh, But yeah, with a guy like Wainwright, I think he obviously has sort of earned the respect over his career uh, to get a chance to be as effective as he can be. And the first start of the season was not good. The subsequent two have been uh, very good. The seven-inning start at home and then the five-inning start at Wrigley last night, uh, that, that that's exactly what you need out of Adam Wainwright. I thought, too, uh, that with the notable exception of Greg Holland, which we'll get into here in a little bit, that the rest of the bullpen was, was very good last night. Uh, Bud Norris, had a five out save. That's fantastic. Dominic Leone got very little attention for his contribution in that game last night, but uh, came in and pitched a totally event free sixth inning. That's that's encouraging for a guy like Leone who had you know who had a couple of bad appearances where he gave up some home runs to the Brewers uh, for him to for him to be able to, and then the, the diving backs as well actually, and then for him to be able to come in and quietly shut down the Cubs. But to me, uh, again continuing to be the most impressive performance out of the bullpen for the Cardinals is Jordan Hicks. I I tweeted about this last night, uh, but it bears noticing that, you know, Hicks came into the seventh inning. The Cardinals had a one run lead, Uh, and was facing Bryant Rizzo Contreras in the seventh. And if ever there was a point last night when that game was maybe at risk of getting away from the Cardinals, it would have been in that exact spot. And Hicks mowed through those three hitters on 12 pitches and looked just completely nonplussed, unaffected by the circumstances. Uh, Really impressive to see Jordan Hicks handle that so well last
1: night. And I love the way the Cardinals have kind of recognized that he's their go-to guy as far as, you know, your your middle innings to late innings, you know, they're not putting him in as a closer, but when when the game is on the line, when the heart of the order is up for the, the opposition, they haven't been afraid to use Jordan Hicks. They kind of eased him in the first maybe one or two appearances, but now Mike Matheny recognizes that you might as well, you know, use your best gun when you, when you need it most. And I kind of appreciate that, that they haven't played any kid games with Jordan Hicks because so far so good, he's proven the, the ability to handle everything that's been thrown at him. And you mentioned Bud Norris. I think we can we can go ahead and, and, for the time being at least, just refer to this guy as the team's closer because that's the way they're using him. It, it looked like maybe a, a coincidence or a happenstance the first time or two, but now I think we've seen enough of a sample uh, of him doing this job, being asked to do this job, and then doing it successfully under some pretty tough circumstances last night, giving a five-out save, uh, which, as we remember, was something they asked Dominic Leone to do earlier in the season against Milwaukee, and that ended really, really poorly. So uh, those two guys especially I was impressed with last night out of the bullpen, Norris and, and Jordan Hicks, as you mentioned.
0: Yeah, I, I think the the comparison to Hicks that that interests me uh, is the way that the Cardinals used Carlos Martinez in 2014 out of the bullpen, where uh, when, when Matheny had it scripted and set up the way that he wanted it, 7-8-9 went Martinez, Neshek, Rosenthal. Right now, for the Cardinals, uh, it looks like seven, eight, nine. I think optimally, if, if if they had their druthers, would look like Hicks, Norris, Holland. Probably is the way that they envision that setting up uh, as as the season wears on. Now, that's going to rely on Greg Holland having the ability to to get his game back, and as you mentioned, that's also going to rely to some extent on on bud norris uh giving up that position you know Nor- norris last night at the game uh was asked by movie.com's joe trezza uh, about sort of what it feels like to to taste something and and to have that that experience of of success and the desire to not give that up and i, I bud norris was pretty transparent uh, about the fact that look he's the closer for now and he doesn't intend to just surrender that to Greg Holland once Holland is prepared, but Bud Norris intends to remain the closer. And for now for the Cardinals, I can't imagine why you would try to move him.
1: Yeah. Bud Norris thinks he's the closer of the St. Louis Cardinals. And, and at this point he, he might be because he's, he's proven to be the most adept at handling the situation. And, and absolutely whether, whether they do something here with Greg Holland, we mentioned it yesterday and and then it got a little worse uh, as far as his, his outing last night and, and whether, there, there's some way to put him in Memphis for a little bit to try to work some kinks out or, or not. Uh, I think you can't take, a, take the ball out of a guy's hand who has done everything you've asked it, because that's, that's just not really the, uh, the, the optics that you want. And also from a competitive standpoint, there's, no, there's just no reason to do it if the guy continues uh, to do well. So I like what you said. I think that Hicks and, and Norris are going to be a, an important part of that kind of back-end mix. Interested still to see Gregerson get his first opportunity because, look, when, when this offseason was going on and the Cardinals were signing all these guys like Gregerson and and then they went and signed Bud Norris, I, I wasn't too thrilled. My, my expectations were definitely tempered as far as, okay, is this really how this team is going to go about fixing the, the back end of their bullpen? So far, I really couldn't have been more wrong, uh, especially with the way Bud Norris is looking. If Gregerson turns out to be kind of another diamond in that rough where it was like, okay, I mean, that's fine, but but how good is it really? If he turns out to be another guy they struck gold with, yeah, the bullpen's going to be looking really good, even without a, a healthy, competent Greg Holland.
0: Yeah, you know, the thing that, that, that you mentioned there with, with Holland looking maybe for a way to sort of uh, reclaim his his mojo and get himself right sort of dovetails interesting with the one piece of Cardinals news today that was reported this morning that uh, Tyler O'Neill is set to join the team in Chicago uh, and be available for tomorrow's game. My understanding is that O'Neal uh, was actually on the way after the game last night uh, that 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 Tyler O'Neill would have been available had the Cardinals played today in Chicago, and instead with the uh, with the PPD will be on the roster for tomorrow. The the question becomes, I think, what the obviously corresponding roster move is to to get Tyler O'Neill a twenty five man. Now, uh, Tommy Pham last night felt a little pull in his groin. After the game, said that he probably would have come out of the game had the Cardinals been in a position with more guys on the bench. Uh, the Cardinals were nominally out of position players at the time uh, when when Fam felt that pull. Uh, it was an interesting spot because Bader had just pinch hit in the uh, in in the top of the inning. The Cardinals were taking the field. Mike Matheny was headed out to the umpire to uh, to make his lineup changes, which included subbing out the pitcher spot with Jerko coming into that spot where Bader was and then moving the pitcher spot into Carpenter's spot in the lineup. While that was happening sort of simultaneously, uh, Tommy Pham was jogging out the center field and then was having a conversation with the trainer. So what I believe happened was that Matheny had sort of – had had officially already taken Bader out of the game, uh, and that was when Pham felt the injury. So Pham was due to be examined today in Chicago – if that situation is one that would necessitate him to go on the disabled list, then that obviously is the easy move for O'Neill. If that is not a DL situation, and Fam last night said that he thought he would have been available for today's game. I don't know, uh, you know, obviously how he felt waking up this morning. If Tommy Fam does not need to go on the DL, then I wonder if the Cardinals would ask Greg Holland to accept an option. My, my understanding of Holland's contract uh, is that When the deal was signed with the Cardinals, because Greg Holland has enough service time that he can reject a minor league assignment even though he had an option remaining, the Cardinals contractually obligated him to accept one assignment to the minor leagues in order to prepare. But correspondingly, the Cardinals were required to recall him after the minimum 10 days. And so uh, those things were written into Holland's contract when it was signed. If he were to go back to the minors, he would have to agree to it. Uh, there was a belief from both Joe and Derek Gould of the post-dispatch earlier today that the Cardinals would be trimming the bullpen by one in order to get O'Neill on the roster. If that's the case, then I, I think it's probably Holland, right? Is that what the Cardinals want right now?
1: I'm sure that's what they'd like to see because if he's going out there and continuing to walk batters and not be sharp. And I will say the the home run hobby Baez hit last night wasn't really on a a terrible pitch uh he bias had to go down to get that pitch and it was below the strike zone to be sure but you you also walk a guy in that in that appearance and so uh, overall i would say the cardinals would be would be happy to have him go pitch and, and be ready to where the next time he does appear for the st louis team he could do so at, at full strength but again like you mentioned if he if he refuses such an assignment there's not really anything the cardinals can do about that and in that case, it would probably be Brebbia just because he's a guy they haven't seen a whole lot of use out of and, and I think certainly uh, too soon to, to per- perhaps let a guy like Sam Tuivalala try to pass through waivers. So I would think that, yeah, if, he, if he's willing to accept such an assignment, sure. But I'm not so convinced that he would be because of the fact that he's only had a couple few chances uh, so far this season. And, it's, and, and if you're a pitcher and, and you believe in your stuff, it seems like that might be a, a, something that would take some convincing, especially for a guy uh, of Greg Holland's caliber, a guy that's had the, the career and the, the success that he's had in the past.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Tui Valala. Uh, that's a guy who's on the DL right now. Who, of course, yeah, yeah no, you bad. don't know. No, but but you mentioned him, and that's a guy who will need a spot here when he when he comes off, whenever that is. He sort of has the uh, ambiguous knee soreness that landed him on the DL. You have Brett Cecil with the shoulder injury, where we haven't heard much of anything about him at all. You also have Ryan Sheriff, who had a broken toe uh, that that he, in theory, should be, I would think, back from here pretty soon. Uh, The Cardinals, obviously, now with their day off tomorrow, taken up by the rescheduled game from today, will be back at Busch Stadium on Friday, and I'm sure there will be many questions asked uh, about all of the Relevant injuries. Uh, when, when it comes to Holland, you know, I, I don't know if he would be willing to accept that assignment or not, because I think that you're right that the pride that comes from pitching in the big leagues might get in the way of a guy being willing to accept that kind of assignment, but the other side of that is that Holland himself was pretty uh was pretty clear in in, in his quotes at the start of this Cub series about not feeling like he is where he should be, and pretty clear that he was you know he was sort of in agreement with with the move to make Bud Norris the closer at least for now. And so if you're Greg Holland, maybe there's a degree of believing that if you were to go down to the minors, uh, you would be in a better position to to change uh, sort of your lot with the Cardinals right now and find yourself in a spot where you can more quickly get back into the place in the bullpen where you want to be.
1: All right, so let's go ahead and do this and, and put our predictions on the line. Uh, according to the reports, it's going to be a reliever then that does depart for Tyler O'Neill. Uh, so you go ahead. Who do you think it is? It's going to be Holland or Brebbia or, or somebody else. I'm going to go with Brebbia myself.
0: I Actually, I am going to go with Holland. I, I I get the impression that uh, last night, with the results, especially against the Cubs in that situation, I think that put the Cardinals in a position where uh, they're no longer going to be able to ignore that situation, nor, I think, are they going to be able to sort of sell to the fans uh, that, that Holland is the guy who should be here. I, I think that also... You know, we know that Matheny likes having that pitcher under glass in case of emergency. I don't think that there is an obvious candidate in the bullpen for that role, except for John Brevia at the moment. I think if the Cardinals are willing to, are, are willing to go down to seven relievers, uh, then one of them is still going to be that longer term kind of guy. And I think that's probably still going to be brevia
1: all right, and that's fair. I'm, I'm interested to see which direction they go, and if they can perhaps convince Holland to take such an assignment as you mentioned. Uh, but let's talk about the guy that that is necessitating this by coming up, and we don't know exactly what Tommy Pham's status is going to be. But uh, how do you expect the Cardinals to kind of handle the outfield situation if Pham is to miss some time? Because of course, Dexter Fowler was the center fielder last season, but was you know decided that he was going to shift to right field for this one. And the Cardinals now have two other guys on the roster, in Bader and presumably O'Neal, who can play center field. How do you think they'll handle that defensively? I'm interested to hear your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I don't think that they'll shift Fowler back. My uh, my inclination is that they will keep Fowler in right field because again, you know, before this season, he had played in a non-center field spot on the outfield. I want to say like fewer than five innings. Like it was an extremely minimal amount of time uh that, that he had played in any part of the outfield that was not center field. And so I think that they would be uh, far more content to, uh, f- far more content to see if uh, Fowler can spend some more time learning right. I, I do think that O'Neill would be a guy who would probably get some reps in center. Uh, the Cardinals did play him there a reasonable amount after the trade from Seattle last year. I think when you look at O'Neill, maybe he looks more like a corner guy just by virtue of, the ridiculous gigantic muscles uh, as well as sort of the profile of hitter that he is. He doesn't scream center fielder, but I I, I think that the Cardinals will be willing to use him there at least on a short-term basis, especially because with adding an extra outfielder and having, you know, those five bench spots instead of four, you could probably see Bader coming in as a defensive replacement later in games that O'Neill might be starting.
1: Yeah. And I, and I agree with you on, on just Letting Dexter Fowler remain in right field, I don't think there's any reason to move him, especially if it's not even a DL situation for Tony Fang, where he may just be out a few days, which is why it's kind of interesting that they did decide to go with O'Neill. I know he's, he was absolutely raking in AAA, and, and the Cardinals have historically liked to reward guys for their performance in the minor leagues. But I, I'm wondering exactly how the playing time could be divvied up, because you don't want him to just come up here and sit on the bench, and that's kind of the same thing you said for Harrison Bader when he was called up. And, and Bader has, has thrived in his uh, small sample opportunities with the Cardinals. And so it, it's going to be kind of intriguing to see because, of course, not only has Dexter Fowler been the right fielder, but he's also kind of struggled offensively. And I wonder if you might see some opportunities where where Fowler – it's not that he's losing his job as a starting outfielder, but with, with these two young guys in Bader and O'Neill now on the roster, if there are some spots where – Fowler might get an extra day here or there that he wouldn't have gotten otherwise just to see what you have in, in these two guys it could be part of your future
0: yeah a- another thing that I think is interesting with the way the bench would line up uh with O'Neill available is that you know this would be yet another place where I think Colton Wong would be vulnerable to losing some plate appearances uh my rationale for that is that Wong was the first guy off the bench in Chicago last night as a pinch hitter, but I don't think the Cardinals really love that arrangement, in part because Wong is not hitting right now, uh, but also in part because Wong is a guy who the Cardinals would probably prefer to use more situationally late in games. He's a very good bunter, can be utilized as a pinch runner, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. With having two outfielders now on the bench, with having both Bader and O'Neal one of those two guys can then become your first pinch hitter off the bench, uh, which allows you to save Wong and allows you to still be covered in the outfield if you were uh, if you were to need to uh to 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 use that later in the game. A couple other things here too uh, number one, this maybe opens up the possibility that there could be some situations where Colton Wong uh, would get burned. If Wong ends up being a pinch hitter off the bench and the opponent counters with a left-handed reliever, you could pretty easily imagine a situation where Matheny then counters back with Bader or O'Neal as opposed to letting Wong bat against a tough lefty. The other thing is that Jose Martinez is is fairly banged up. He's playing through it, and he will, I think, as long as he's hitting. But the Cardinals would probably like to get him a couple clean days off. So yet again, having an additional support on the bench could be meaningful there.
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty reasonable, too. And hopefully today's day off with the, the different postponements they've had in the series would help Martinez to be able to keep in the lineup because he's certainly somebody that's been a driving force. Uh, for the cardinals so far but yeah Wong is not in a, a great position he did have the walk off the bench as a pinch hitter in his last time up but when you look at where they were a week ago when we talked about Jairo Munoz not really bringing much to the table and, and Greg Garcia as kind of the other guy that's on that bench well since then Jairo Munoz has been sent down to Memphis and Greg Garcia had a, a two-homer game and, and uh, an 11-pitch walk last night in the game uh, where he made another start at third base so uh, definitely the, the infield has – it's so. It's funny how quickly things have gotten crowded. And, and yeah, it's going to be performance-based, I think. And uh, certainly Colton Wong, kind of on the outside looking in, I think. He might get a couple of starts per week. But if, if Jerko continues to get opportunities and do well and, and Greg Garcia continues to make the most of what he can do, uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you that Wong could be – you could see scenarios where he's shut out for, for days at a time, really, uh, outside and- of some – Some situations in late games
0: and if that's going to be the case then uh it may finally be time to start to think more seriously about what is the best way to utilize colton wong as an asset and you know the cardinals have been i think extremely patient with colton wong uh he hasn't always gotten the consistency of opportunity that maybe he would need to uh to succeed to his best ability but Colton Wong is not really a young player anymore. He's 28 years old. He's been in the big leagues for five years now. Uh, and, and so if this is the player that he is, then maybe he would be a guy who could be an asset piece. If, if we're looking, you know, later in the season and the Cardinals are, are attempting to upgrade at, say, third base or maybe even first base, then, uh, then maybe Wong would be included in those conversations. Because last night, I, I thought it was noticeable Uh, that the Cardinals, with both Matt Carpenter and Greg Garcia in the lineup, went with Carpenter at second and Garcia at third. Matheny kind of hand-waved it away, but I, I do wonder if part of that is the expectation that, look, Matt Carpenter hasn't been playing a lot of second base over the last few years, and I think it's fair to wonder if maybe the Cardinals are anticipating a decent diet of Martinez at first, Jericho at third, Carpenter at second.
1: Yeah. When you've seen what Jose Martinez has done, I don't know that, you know, some people might've anticipated that with what he was able to do last year that he could just continue it this season. And and that's what he's done. But I would say by and large, like even thinking about what I, kind of where I was on him in spring training and before the season began, I thought he'd be a guy that would kind of, you know, he'd he'd play some, he'd he'd find his way into the lineup uh, against, you know, left-handed pitching for sure. and, And might get 300 to 400 plate appearances, but right now he's looking like an everyday player and one of the best in the national league. And so because of that, even though that first base is not his natural position, you've got to have him in the lineup because of what he's been able to do. And I've never been a fan of Carpenter at second base, but if he's, if he's serviceable and if he's doing what he did last night with runners in scoring position, he's got to play too. And so that kind of leaves it up to the, the the best of the rest is going to get the, the opportunities, whether it's, Jerko at third base, Greg Garcia at third base, or Colton Wong forcing the issue to have Carpenter be that third baseman. And, you know, like you mentioned, it's not it's not new for Colton Wong. This is – it kind of – I hate to say that it's starting to feel a little bit like the Randall Gritchick situation where the potential seemed to be there and eventually the Cardinals had to, had to give up on it. I'm as big of a Colton Wong guy as you'll find, and so I'm not really in that position yet to say, yeah, I think the Cardinals should look to move on from him. But certainly, the production is going to have to come uh, at some point. You know, whether it's in the next few days, in the next few weeks, because you can you can see the way it's trending. And yeah, it's not it's not a positive direction for him right now. Though we should mention again, his his last opportunity. I thought he he did a nice job drawing that walk, but that that's only going to take you so far. You'd like to start seeing him drive the ball and and you know play consistent defense, and it's going to get tougher to find his way into the lineup.
0: Alrighty. Well, as we wrap up here, uh, Cardinals at Wrigley tomorrow for presumably the last game of that series. We'll see, I guess, if the game actually gets played. It's supposed to, uh, supposed to warm up in Chicago tomorrow. It'll be a balmy 45 degrees or so. So uh, a fantastic chance to play some lovely baseball. It was miserable. It was miserable up there. Snow and it was cold. Not great. Uh, Cardinals there then the Reds in town for a set of three over the weekend. Uh, all in all, I, you know, it's hard to call a trip to Chicago where they've played one game so far a success, but you pair that with the uh with, with the four game sweep in Cincinnati, the worst you can do for, if you're the Cardinals is come home with a five and one road trip. That's I think you'll take that pretty much every time.
1: Yeah, at school today somebody mentioned to me, oh, that must be f- that's five in a row for the Cardinals, and I and I stopped and I thought, Well, yeah, I guess it is, because you kind of forget with the, 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 the postponements with the snow that they are on a pretty nice winning streak right now, and yeah, definitely an opportunity uh, to see what you can do tomorrow, and then bring some momentum into the weekend. This team could—you never know where where a winning streak could go if they can clip off that final game in Chicago.
0: You know, I, I think Tony La Russa used to always measure the uh, measure the season in chunks: get the five games above five hundred, then ten, then twenty, and so on, and so. Uh, The Cardinals are coming up on five games above, and if they can continue to take those steps, then this season looks a lot different from last season. The Cardinals, uh, you know, both Mike Matheny and Adam Wainwright at Wrigley yesterday tried to play it off like they didn't know the Cardinals' record against the Cubs last season and that they somehow had forgotten that the Cardinals won all of one game at Wrigley Field in 2017. I don't think they forgot, uh, and I think that they are eager to make those changes here uh, in 2018.
1: I'm with you, and it's going, to be, it's going to be interesting to see how far they can take it.
0: That's going to wrap up Locked On St. Louis Cardinals for today, Wednesday, April eighteenth, two 2018. For Brendan Schaefer, my name is Jeff Jones. Thank you again for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate, review, it helps people find us. And it's really its good for our egos, and that's the important part. So, Brendan, thank you so much, sir.
1: Peace out, Jeff.
0: For Brendan, I'm Jeff. Tune back in tomorrow for another edition of Locked On St. Louis Cardinals.